Two out of three falls. And we're here for a new edition of Two Out of Three Falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. Wednesday, January 11th, 2017. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant, and he's also the host of WrestleRant Radio. Uh, go go check it out. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing great, Randy, as always. How about yourself? Doing good. Can't complain. Uh, it's a little warmer here in New York in January, so I, I don't know, man. It's like 50 degrees outside right now. I know, dude. I don't know about you. I'm sure you had it as well, but we had that snowpocalypse, I think, Saturday or Sunday of last weekend. It was crazy. So it's a bit warmer today, so I can't complain. Definitely, man. Um, let's get right to it. As always, every week we talk about what happened on Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view, other news. So on Monday on Raw which was a very shitty show. Um, I guess <laughs> the main thing you can kind of uh, talk about is the fact that The Undertaker is uh, going to be in the in the Royal Rumble match. Um, he did win it back, I think, 10 years ago um, in San Antonio where him and Shawn Michaels were the last two people in the ring. Um, not much of a shock. We knew he was going to be a part of the Rumble somehow, some way. Uh, maybe a one-on-one match with maybe AJ Styles, but that that idea um, is, is totally non-existent. But now he's in the Royal in the Royal Rumble match uh, to go along with Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, uh, Chris Jericho, Miz and Dean Ambrose, and we'll get to that soon. Braun Strowman. So Taker in the Rumble. Do you see him winning the the the, the Royal Rumble match? And if not. What kind of uh, storyline aspects do you see playing out for Taker? Honestly, I do see him winning the Rumble. He's my pick. Not that I want him to win, because as you said, he's already won it 10 years ago. That was also an event emanating from Texas. So we've seen this story before. Is it the worst-case scenario? No. Um, I could see Goldberg or Lesnar winning. I want Lesnar to win last year. This year it just does not make sense. Him and Goldberg for the belt just does not interest me in the slightest. We're getting that match. We need to get that match. It shouldn't happen for the belt. But Taker winning it makes a bit more sense with him and Cena being set up for the championship. But as we said here on the show several times over the past couple of weeks and months, that's a match that does not need the title. Cena and Taker is a match I really want to see and I'm excited for. But it's not a cha- I mean, it can be a championship match. But a guy like AJ Styles, who is coming off a phenomenal, pun intended, 2016, he should be involved in the WWE title match at WrestleMania. But... Nevertheless, uh, he is in the Rumble. He's my pick to win. And if he doesn't win, I mean, as you've been saying on Twitter for for weeks and months now, and I could not agree more, he's who I want to win, The Miz. Um, I think coming off his performance last week on SmackDown, dropping the IC title and not doing what I thought they might do this past week and giving him the belt right back. And they could always do a rematch at the Rumble event. They did not say they were doing the rematch at the show uh, on Tuesday. They just said that both men are in the Rumble. So Miz is officially in the Rumble, so which is great, which is even more important. Um, but I want to see Miz win and go on to face AJ and do Cena and Taker in the undercard, or you could even do it after. It doesn't even really matter. I just don't think that match needs the title. But either way, I'm excited to see how this how how you know how this plays out. Just because there's a couple viable candidates who can come out on top in this year's Rumble from people who 
who fans don't really want to see went from Goldberg to Lesnar, and then some more likely candidates like an Undertaker or returning Finn Balor. Seth Rollins threw his name and hat on Monday night. There's Darren Corbin. There's Braun Strowman, who's another likely possibility, surprisingly enough. So I'm excited for this year's Rumble because it seems like, unlike this time last year when you and I were talking, there's not one person that says, that screams to me, okay, that person's going to win this year. Yeah, and I think the main point of uh, of the Royal Rumble was that every year you would get, you know, one or two guys that, that will go in and you say, you know what, it might be a good match, but more than likely it'll be a Reigns or Rollins or, or whoever it might be. Now you have five legitimate people who can still, you know, who can win the whole thing. Brock Lesnar could walk out to, to you know, as, as the winner. Goldberg could win the whole thing. Um, Chris Jericho could win. Uh, could win the whole thing. Um, could Braun Strowman win? No, but he, he does have a legit shot. Um, Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth Rollins has, uh, also uh, put his name in the hat for the Royal Rumble match, and you know even someone like him is capable of winning the match. Now you have Undertaker. This the the speculation in, uh, amongst us fans was like, you know what, WrestleMania time. We see Taker, we see John Cena. That could be the match, whether it's for the title or not. Now with Taker in the Royal Rumble match, hypothetically, he wins the match. He's going to pick AJ Styles. I don't think he will pick uh, Kevin Owens or Reigns or whoever it might be uh, on Raw side. Um, if Taker wins, he gets AJ. I mean, AJ would have to win. Um then what happens? Then what happens with John Cena? Or Taker wins, Cena wins. You get Taker and Cena for the belt at WrestleMania. Then what happens to AJ Styles? In that case, as I've said a few times before as well, it seems like there's a couple different possibilities. Not one that screams out to me that okay, if he's not in that match, this is the backup plan. To me, it feels a lot like WrestleMania 29. I mean, I'm a lot more excited for Cena and Taker than I was for Cena and Rock too. But it feels like they're taking the title off the guy who didn't hold it for a majority of 2016, but was really the superstar of last year, like CM Punk was in 2012. Right. Only to take the title off of him at the Rumble and give it to a part-timer like John. I mean, seeing at this point is really a part-timer. Let's face it, he is a part-timer. Maybe not, uh, maybe not on the same level as a Lesnar or a Goldberg or a Taker, but he's more or less a part-timer. And they're putting that title on them, on, on, you know, on two guys who don't really need a, a title on the line in their match. And then AJ's kind of left out in the cold, and he can still be involved in a marquee match at Mania like Punk was with The Undertaker three, four years ago. But it's not the same to me, and it's, in that, it's a very similar situation in that I feel like they could put him in that mix as well, in that they can make it a triple threat match. Now, is Cena Taker Styles as big of a marquee match for casual fans as Cena and Taker? No which is probably why I think they won't do it. I think it would be a better match, but which is why I just don't think they'll go in that direction. So there's a different couple possibilities. Let's say Styles is completely out of the WWE title picture come WrestleMania. In that case, I think a match with a returning Kurt Angle would be huge. I, that's a far-off possibility. I know him and Samoa Joe has been rumored. For what reason that match would be happening, I don't know. But I know it would be a good match based off their history in TNA. I think Joe is still needed more on the Raw side than SmackDown, but it's still a possibility. Um, I think Nakamura will still be in NXT by WrestleMania, but Nakamura Styles and Mania would be nice too. Uh, Styles and Miz, if it's not for the title, just doesn't make much sense. I don't think they would do that. Or they could do an interpromotional match, which is what WrestleMania is known for anyway, between Styles and Finn Balor. 
if he's back by then and maybe do something over the rights to the club name or something, the Ballard Club or whatever. There's a, there's a couple different possibilities, but I just don't think the right move is to take that title off of AJ right now and get him out of the title picture. But that's, I feel, the direction they're headed in now. Well, I could tell you one guy who won't be in the Royal, in the Royal Rumble match, and that's Shawn Michaels. Uh, everybody thought that, you know, him coming out on Raw, we knew about the whole movie promotion and stuff like that, but maybe kind of shocking the fans that, you know, knowing the Royal Rumble is going to be in San Antonio for the first time in, in 20 years. Um, you know, 20 years ago, you know, 1997, he won the belt back from Psycho Sid at the Royal Rumble. So maybe we thought Shawn was going to, Say, you know what, my hometown, maybe I'll just be in the Rumble. And we know he's really keeping his word about retiring and just whatever his last match was would take her at WrestleMania 26. He wants to keep his his word that, you know, that was indeed my retirement match. And, I, and I'm not coming back for any more matches. But, you know, fans just, you know, kind of try to put things together and say, you know what, San Antonio, Rumble, Shawn Michaels, you know, why not? But um, he did not say he was going to be in it. Um, I think, you know, the the trend would be he won't be involved. Um, were you kind of surprised that, that Shawn is still keeping his, his word about not not coming back for any, any kind of match, one-on-one, whatever, including the Royal Rumble, or did you feel like, Sean was in, in no way going to be a part of the Royal Rumble match. I mean, I kind of figured he would be completely absent from the Rumble match itself. I hope he shows up in some form or fashion, because as you said, he won that the WWE title in his hometown of San Antonio 20 years ago in the Alamo Dome. He's won the Rumble twice before. He has such a rich history at that pay-per-view. So um, I feel like it would be a wasted opportunity to not have him show up in some form or fashion. In what way? I have no idea. But uh, for him to not announce his participation in the Rumble match, to me, was kind of predictable. I thought, not even this on Monday, but going back months to when it was first rumored and that fan art came out of AJ Styles and Shawn Michaels, I laughed because as great of a match as that would be, don't get me wrong, I would love to see it. It's a dream match. But really, honestly, like if Shawn Michaels had not come out of retirement three, four years ago when they had a ready-made storyline between him and his protege, Daniel Bryan, at WrestleMania 30 then what would make anyone think that they're going to bring him out of retirement or that he would come out of retirement? Because you know that they would bring him out of retirement. They would have done it five years ago, but it's up to Sean, um, that he would have come out of retirement for a match at WrestleMania 33. Like, he could have wrestled the match last year at WrestleMania in Texas, but he didn't. So if he didn't wrestle a match last year or two, three years ago, then he's never coming back, in my opinion. Could he, in the shape that he's in, probably, and still have a great fucking match with anyone on the roster? I was not surprised, nor was I really disappointed by the fact that a segment on Raw was really nothing newsworthy whatsoever because I can't believe people are still getting their hopes up for a Shawn Michaels in-ring appearance in 2017. Don't get me wrong, it would be amazing. I just don't think there is the chance whatsoever that he comes out of retirement just because his send-off was so perfect at WrestleMania 26, and he doesn't want to tarnish that. So if he hasn't come out of retirement yet, I don't think he ever will, a la Stone Cold Steve Austin. So then, so so my question is, how how do you use Shawn Michaels at the Rumble? I mean, as opposed to just him showing up, you know, walking backstage or whatever the case may be, do you, do you use him for a potential storyline down the road? You know, with me, I told you, or not not you, but I was on Twitter saying the best thing would to do would be Shawn Michaels, you know, super kicking Seth Rollins and 
you know, kind of, uh, you know, enhancing the Seth Rollins, Triple H storyline, because like you said before last week, you know, anything involving Triple H, Shawn Michaels is, is always involved. I mean, if, 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 if it ain't that or trying to help somebody win, do you expect me to believe that four hours of Royal Rumble time um, in San Antonio, in his hometown, and we don't see Shawn Michaels do anything? No, like you said, I mean, we have enough time on that pay-per-view, on that, on, that, on that event in his hometown, that it makes sense for him to show up in some capacity, and they do have time to fill. I mean, I'm sure they'll add more matches as of right now. I think we have a three or four matches, obviously, in addition to the Rumble itself. But, um, yeah, I mean, you said last week to get him involved with the whole Triple H and Rollins storyline, and not just because, as I joked, that Shawn Michaels has pretty much been involved in every Triple H feud at WrestleMania for the past five to six years. I just think it makes sense. I mean, Seth Rollins, what has he been saying for months now? I want Triple H. Where the fuck is Triple H? He keeps on saying it and saying it and saying it and he can't find him. Exactly. Who else, other than his wife, Stephanie, who else would know where Triple H is other than down in NXT, which is where he always seems to be? Where else or who know, who know better than Shawn Michaels' his best friend? I mean, I'm not even saying that Shawn needs to go heel or even super kick him, as you said. I mean, they can go that far. They could just do a confrontation. I mean, I feel like that would be a way better use of Shawn Michaels at this point in time than freaking Enzo and Cass and Rusev and whatever the hell that's supposed to be. Was it entertaining? I mean, not really, but it just didn't really even serve much of a purpose. I feel like it's such a waste of Shawn Michaels. And there is something to be said for Shawn, you know, passing the torch or giving the rub to young guys. But in a feud like that, it was such a waste because no one cares about that feud. But if he shows up at the Rumble and it's not for something with Seth Rollins or for something with Triple H which would make the most sense from a storyline standpoint. If he does show up and it's going to confront anybody or even in a backstage thing, I would even be okay with that. It's got to be AJ Styles. Because to me, AJ Styles, in many ways, is the modern-day Shawn Michaels. Is he a better wrestler? I mean, that's arguable. But just in terms of like career rejuvenations, the whole you know, faith-based gimmick, so to speak, or just in real life, really. Um, but just the matches they've had and that they can have a great match with pretty much anybody and very few people can say that other than Michaels and AJ Styles. So um, that would be, I mean, obviously also teased from the fan art a couple months ago when AJ was like, oh, I'd love to see that happen, ha-ha. I mean, you don't have to do the match, obviously, but you could do a backstage confrontation, which would be amazing. So even if they did that, I'd be content, but I think it'd be a missed opportunity if they don't have Shawn Michaels show up in San Antonio in some capacity, if only to promote his movie. Also on Raw, we also had, um, as I mentioned earlier, Seth Rollins putting his name into the Royal Rumble match. Um, I think me and you can obviously say that this is only going to, you know, have him go there, be in the Rumble match, and then somehow, some way, Triple H is going to get involved and make him lose the match. And then that's where we get the buildup for WrestleMania between Hunter and Seth Rollins. Now, if that does not happen, um, the, 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 the likely chances of Seth Rollins winning it without um, any interference from Triple H, what do you think about that? Or do you think that we don't see or do we think that we do see Triple H at the Royal Rumble match to call Seth Rollins the match? Yeah, I could see Triple H coming in as a surprise entrant and throwing out Rollins. I don't see Rollins winning. I mean, it would be cool. He's a fresh face. But, I mean, what does that really set up? I mean, that would assume you, – you know him and Triple H is happening in Mania, and it has to. I mean, they've been building towards this for months. Right. Or really – even really years. I mean, from the moment they first aligned like three or four years ago. 
And you know Triple H ain't going to win the belt between now and WrestleMania. And Triple H, as we learned last year with him and Roman Reigns, should not be in the main event of WrestleMania in 2016, 2017, nor should he be WWE champion. It was cool for, like, one little final run. But other than that, there's really no purpose in him holding the championship. So um, him and Rollins, I'm perfectly fine with that feud. I'm actually very much looking forward to it. But I don't think it needs the title. Him and winning Rollins winning the Rumble itself is pretty much slim to none. I see Strowman having a better chance of winning it than Rollins. But having him in the Rumble itself makes sense. Why he announced it on Twitter on Monday and not on the end of Raw last week in that segment with Goldberg, Strowman, and Reigns, I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I could definitely see Triple H getting in the Rumble and throwing out Rollins or vice versa to kind of escalate that feud heading into WrestleMania season. So, Graham, what you're telling me is that you're not interested in seeing a, a, a gladiator, uh, a Terminator entrance from Triple H in the main event. <laughs> not again. I'm, I'm finished with Triple H putting himself over other people by way of his entrances and the whole Terminator shit. I mean, I like Triple H, but uh, I mean, I think I like Paul Lezak at the head of NXT more than Triple H the wrestler, but that's always been my mindset, though. We are chatting with Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report here on the Cruise Control Podcast on a two out of three falls episode. Um, trying to see what else happened on Raw. That was uh, yeah, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman had a decent match. Uh, nothing really. Jericho won the belt. Yeah, uh, Chris Jericho uh, became the new U.S. champion finally uh, after so many years. I think that's the the, the final belt he had to win. Uh, within the company, European tag team, intercontinental heavyweight, world heavyweight, whatever you want to call it, uh, Jericho finally is the U.S. champion. Uh, I think a little too late. I think even last week or even like a month ago, he should have won the belt. Um, one, were you surprised that Roman finally dropped the belt to to Jericho? Two, that he did it in this fashion where it was a two two on one handicap match. It kind of made him look strong. Uh, just to kind of make him look like, okay, the only reason why he lost was because it was a two-on-one handicap match. And where does where do you think Jericho can take the U.S. title going forward? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really surprised he lost it on Monday um, just because, I mean, if he's going to face Jericho and Owens in a two-on-one handicap match, it would make – I mean, they, they already looked bad, let's face it. I mean, Jericho and Owens have lost so many matches, the Roman Reigns over the past two, three months, and Rollins, too. They look like complete losers, despite the fact that they now hold both belts. They look like complete losers and are really no threats to Roman Reigns or Rollins or anyone else in that roster, unfortunately. As entertaining as they are, they are not threats whatsoever. Now, that said, um, and I told you last week, it seemed to me that they put the belt on the line every single week. Yeah, Reigns would come out on top every single time. And as a result of that, it felt like to me that, okay, if they're not going to take the belt off of Roman now, or two weeks ago, or a month ago, as you said, Randy, then why the fuck would they have waited this long? I mean, it, it, it seemed to me that they would have waited until WrestleMania. There was a long-term story in place, and Braun Strowman or Samoa Joe, by some you know miracle or anyone else, would have beaten Roman for that belt at WrestleMania. Okay, that would have made sense. But if the end game was to put that belt on Jericho the entire time, which I don't disagree with, I think it's great, and Jericho has earned it. He's had an amazing year. It's actually his first championship in seven years, if you can believe that, since he held the world title back in 2010. So I think Jericho being the U.S. champion is great. But as you said, I feel like when it finally happened, I was like, okay, cool, just because it would have been so much cooler and so much bigger of a moment and more shocking or surprising had they done it 
three or four weeks ago after Ron, or after Reigns had not beaten Jericho already four or five times. So I think that, to me, is more of an indication that it clears up Reigns to win the Universal title at the Royal Rumble, which I still think is happening, to set up Reigns and somebody else for WrestleMania. And then Jericho and Owens is a few that can happen over the U.S. championship. So um, I'm glad Jericho's champion. I wasn't really surprised that happened, or at least on Monday. I would have been surprised, you know, two or three weeks ago. Reigns as champion was a complete waste of time if it wasn't going to really benefit anybody other than himself because he really never left the main event scene for more than like a month or two. So that was kind of a waste of time, but I'm glad Jericho finally won the belt, and I'm sure it will set up him and Owens for WrestleMania for that championship. Graham, so 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 you mean to tell me that, oh, my God. You know what? And that was a feeling that 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 I had uh, on Monday where, all right, Jericho wins, Reigns loses, but Reigns still has the title match against Kevin Owens at the Rumble for the Universal title. Then I'm like, okay, you know, Reigns is probably going to win that. We get, and then Jericho and Kevin Owens, somehow Jericho's going to make Kevin Owens lose or something, somehow, some way, um, there's going to be some some kind of finish to that. And Reigns is going to walk out the Royal Rumble with the, the, the Universal Championship. Then, then I'm thinking like, all right, if Reigns is, is the, the champion and trying to figure out who from Raw would win the Rumble, if anybody from Raw wins the Rumble, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm just trying to pinpoint who, because if Reigns wins on, on at the Rumble, he's going to walk into WrestleMania as a champion. Something like who can walk in with him and have a good, decent, or great match um, as one of the main events at WrestleMania. Um, I don't think it's Braun Strowman. I don't think it's... Could you have Seth Rollins? No, because he'll probably be with, with Triple H. Kevin Owens and Jericho, they're going to be they're probably going to go one-on-one, whether or not for the U.S. title. Um, then it's like, who else? Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, the the only the only person I see that can that that you can have reigns with a match in a main event at WrestleMania or you know a double main event, whatever you want to call it, I think is Finn Balor. Whether he wins the Rumble, he comes after the Royal Rumble, he 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 wins a match at the at the Fast Lane or Chamber pay per view to be the the new uh, first contender. I don't know, but I think Balor and Reigns for the belt. At WrestleMania, Balor never really lost a belt due to injury. Same thing that happened with Seth Rollins uh, uh, last year. So, Reigns and Balor, that could be a great main event match. Other than that, I have no idea who you match up Reigns with if he's the new Universal Champion at the after the uh, the Rumble. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. Finn Balor is really the only person that makes sense just because, and I would rather see that. I know we were thinking like Balor and Owens maybe, but Owens has a ready-made story with Jericho, and they needed that at WrestleMania. They weren't going to do it at the Rumble or Roadblock or Survivor Series in Canada, the respective home country of both guys. they got to wait until WrestleMania. So if they do that, they're locked up. And that means Reigns will more than likely 95% chance be the champion, be the universal champion come WrestleMania. And if that's the case, as you said, who does he face? I mean, they, they could always have someone from SmackDown win and come over to Raw, but there's no one on SmackDown that's like, oh, I can't wait to see him face Roman Reigns. And John Cena's facing Undertaker. That's a ready-made match, too. Cena and Reigns down the line, but not this year. So, as you said, I was thinking Finn Balor, too. Finn Balor is really the only person that makes sense, even more so than Owens, just because we've already seen Balor and Owens a handful of times in NXT. They've had some really good matches, but Balor and Reigns, they did once before, on that first Raw of the new era. 
and Balor won, and then Reigns afterwards, everyone was hoping that he would go heel and attack Balor. Obviously, it didn't happen, but he said, you know, I respect that dude. I'll be coming back after that championship. And Reigns has not gone back after that belt since. I mean, obviously, last month, in the past couple of weeks, but other than that, he has not been after that championship since, you know, he lost to Balor a couple months ago. So there's a ready-made story there. They had a good match that night. Balor can come back. As you said, Randy, it's a belt he never lost. And that's a set, that sets up the rematch for WrestleMania. And I don't know if, I mean, between the two, I don't think they would do Cena and Taker and Reigns and Balor with all four guys being baby faces. It would probably turn one of those four guys and out of, the most, out of those four, I think the most likely is Balor, just because uh, they're not going to turn Reigns anytime soon, although they should. I don't think they will. Um, but Balor coming back as a heel, aligning with Gallows and Anderson, there's something cool there they could do. Right. Uh, yeah, Reigns and Balor is a WrestleMania match to me. I mean, I would definitely buy that. Maybe that's where Balor wins back the belt. That's that's what I would do. Other than that, I really have no idea. On an off chance, I keep on bringing up his name, but a Samoa Joe versus Reigns would be cool. I don't see Joe being called up. I mean, I do see him being called up, but I don't see him being called up and winning the Rumble that same night. That would be sensational, but it's a long shot. Uh, other than Samoa Joe, yeah, Balor would make the most sense. Not, no one else really comes to mind. Now, speaking of Finn Balor, uh, we have no idea how how healthy he might be today. Um, how would you, if you if you were booking him, let's say he's not in the Rumble match, how would you book him uh, going forward and, and trying to get him involved in WrestleMania and maybe for a title match against Reigns, do you bring him back to the, the Raw right after the Rumble? Do you have him involved in a match where he has to win at Fastlane or Chamber? Or does he just come back and just says that, you know, he'll confront Reigns in the ring and say, you know what, I never lost my championship. Me and you got to go at it at WrestleMania. How would you book the return of Finn Balor? I mean, I would have him win the Rumble, but if he doesn't do that, as you said, um, yeah, I mean, I guess coming back, he can't be in the Rumble and lose. Like Daniel Bryan a couple of years ago, one of the main reasons why they shit all over Roman Reigns winning it two years ago was because Daniel Bryan should have won it, and he didn't. He got tossed out like a loser anyway, but the fact he didn't win, despite being in it and being promoted, was a waste. So if Balor's in it and he loses, they're going to crap all over whoever wins it, oh, yeah, other than The Undertaker. They're going to crap all over Goldberg. They'd crap over pretty much anyone else but Taker unless Balor wins it and he's in it. Um, but if he's not in it and he comes back the next night, I'd be fine with that if he doesn't, if he's not, you know, planning to win it or whatever. And in that case, um, I don't know. I don't know how I would book the feud because, as you said, I mean, he already really has a title shot. But, I mean, Raw is run by two incompetent fools and, Sean, and uh, Stephanie McMahon and Nick Foley. So they'll probably have him re-earn his title shot in some stupid fashion by beating, I, I don't know, Rollins or something or... Kevin Owens, I don't know. They would probably do something really dumb. I could see that being that that being the match for for Fastlane. Rollins coming back and or uh, Balor coming back and having to face the former champion KO for a title shot at the February pay per view. In the meantime, Reigns defense against like Goldberg or something that teased that a couple weeks ago and Brock Austin that match. I could actually kind of see that happening. So yeah, that, that's what I would do. I would have Balor come back the next night. I would have him win the Rumble, but if he's not going to win the Rumble, uh, then yeah, come back the next night after the Rumble. And uh, or the night after the after the February pay per view, but I think the February pay per view might not be until March. So it really all depends on when he's cleared. I haven't heard anything, so it might be looking like it might be after the February March pay per view after Fastlane 
just because I don't think he has been cleared yet. But he might shock us all. I mean, John Cena did nine years ago, so um, it really, I, I guess it's really all we got to just wait and see. But, uh, yeah, bringing him back after the Rumble, I guess, would be fine if he's not planning to win the Rumble itself. Now, since you jumped the gun to Fastlane and Goldberg, I, I did read somewhere today that Goldberg is being advertised for the Fastlane pay-per-view. I think, that, I think that'll be in March. I think Chamber is in February, so Raw will go with Fastlane in March. Goldberg is being advertised to wrestle on that pay-per-view. We have no idea who, who he's going to fight, what kind of capacity he'll be involved in. But just knowing Goldberg, I mean, we knew Goldberg would, would, would probably be involved in WrestleMania, but not like Rumble, Fastlane, WrestleMania. Maybe just do Rumble and then set up the WrestleMania match with, with Brock Lesnar. Um, so Goldberg at Fastlane being advertised. Did you see that earlier today? I did see that. I saw that a couple, well, actually a couple of weeks ago, I did hear that he had signed like a two or three pay-per-view deal, a two or three match pay-per-view deal where he would wrestle at the Rumble, WrestleMania, obviously, and the pay-per-view in between. So not in addition to the Rumble. I don't think he's going to be wrestling at whatever pay-per-views after WrestleMania for Raw. Um, I think it's just Rumble, the Fastlane pay-per-view for Raw, and then Mania. So I did hear that a couple weeks ago, and then I did hear officially today, as you said. Um, yeah, it was advertised by, I think, the arena itself, yeah. All right, SmackDown, we get The Miz and Dean Ambrose both putting the names into the Royal in the Royal Rumble match. So obviously we're not getting a, a, a Intercontinental Championship rematch at the Rumble per se, but they could do that before the Rumble. Then they got two or three uh, or maybe two SmackDowns left before the Rumble. Um, you know me, Grant, I've been saying the Miz has a, a, a very high percentage chance of winning the Rumble. Um, he, he's never won it. I don't think Jericho's going to win it. I don't see Brock and Goldberg because I think they're going to have their one-on-one at WrestleMania. And Taker and Cena does not need the belt. That could be a, a match already made. The Miz, if, 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 if AJ Styles walks out of the Rumble as champion, then you're looking like, all right, who was the next top guy that is not in a pro and, you know, not in a program already already penciled in for WrestleMania, who can AJ go up against? It's not Dean Ambrose. We saw that three, four times already. Randy Orton's going to be in his, in his Bray Wyatt, Wyatt family feud uh, going towards WrestleMania. John Cena's going to be likely with, with Taker. Um, Baron Corbin, I don't think Baron Corbin is, is ready enough to be in the main event at WrestleMania, but you, you never know what could happen. But I think The Miz, where he's at in his career right now, bringing the IC title back to where it should be, my thing is, all right, he lost the belt. He does not need it again. Um, so him putting his name in the Rumble gives me the indication that outside of Oh, man, if Balor's in it, outside of Finn Balor, Miz has to be a top two, top three guy that can walk out of the Royal Rumble victorious. I would agree. I mean, I think he's really a dark horse for a lot of people. Just in the sense I think a lot of people want to see him win, like myself. I just don't think it's going to happen. Ah, come on, Graham. (laughs) I mean, I hate to say that just because I really feel like they'll take the 
the safe approach with Undertaker as they have. I mean, I'm just going by history books here. I'm just going with the guy that they have always really like, okay, right. Batista is the safe pick. He's probably going to win, and he won. Roman Reigns is a safe pick. He's probably going to win, and he won. You know, like that kind of thing. So I do get the feeling Taker will win, but, I mean, when you really look at it on paper, other than Balor, no one deserves to win that thing more than The Miz. I mean, even Jericho would make sense, but I don't think Rollins, or I don't think Reigns is walking out, or rather Owens is walking out with the Universal Championship, so Jericho ain't winning the Rumble. It's cool he's in it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think... I mean, really, I think Miz and, and AJ is really the only other match that interests me a lot over the championship other than Cena Taker, a match that does not need the championship, as we already talked about. But, I mean, just I worry for both guys because both guys had such a great 2016 that going into WrestleMania, they should have a marquee match on the show. And if they're not fighting over the championship, they're not going to do AJ and Miz one-on-one without anything on the line. That would just it doesn't really make much sense. Um, AJ, I fear more for just because with the Miz, it seems like unless they're completely fucking us over and they're not even going to do anything about it, they're not going to culminate it. But to me, a Miz and Brian match, even if it lasts five seconds, or a Miz and Shane McMahon match with Shane McMahon being the surrogate for Daniel Bryan, that would be something entertaining and something at least substantial for the Miz, other than a godforsaken ladder match over the IC title again, which would be absolutely awful. I mean, those matches are always good. But it's such a lazy-ass creative booking approach. Like, well, let's put seven guys no one cares about in one ladder match. Like, no, that doesn't work. And that's why the last two ladder matches no one gave a shit about just because the belt sucked. And it should be one-on-one matches for that belt at WrestleMania. It completely devalues anything they've tried to, any prestige they've tried to reinstill in that belt. So it should be a one-on-one match for the belt at WrestleMania, even if Ambrose is doing his own thing elsewhere in the card. But Miz and Shane, Miz and Daniel Bryan make sense to me, but if they're not going to go that route, him and AJ um, is what I want to see. I mean, really, I mean, Miz is in the Rumble. They have no excuse without the IC title on him. He has no excuse to go anywhere but up in the months to come on the SmackDown brand. Did you see this uh, Royal Rumble poster online where they have, like, Brock, Cena, Goldberg, Taker in the front, and then you have the current WWE champion just all the way in the back like like an innocent bystander? I did see that. I saw that you posted that on Twitter when you said that everyone was in the front and that the, that the current best wrestler on the entire roster and the current WWE champion is all the way in the back. And all the way in the back. That was out, all the way in the back. I don't know if that started it, if your tweet started it, but apparently there was this huge backlash about that. And I, mean, I don't want to go on a huge rant about it. It is pretty funny. Though. It is so stupid the fact that he is all the way in the back and the fact that he is in the best match, or other than the Rumble, in the main event headlining match at the Rumble against John Cena, yet he's not even anywhere near, really near to be seen on the on the poster except for in the back. So, yeah, it was comically bad, and that does not surprise me from this company. I mean, if you look at it, AJ Styles is, is, is in the same row as the New Day, Dolph, Rich Swan. And our, and our truth in the same row. Well, you know, our truth is an important figure. You got to give him in the post. You got to give him the uh, in the same row as AJ Styles are such big priorities. Both them, our truth, even maybe more so than AJ. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> we we also did see Dolph Ziggler continuing his, I guess, or you know, the beginning stages of his uh, heel turn, uh, losing a losing a match to uh, Kalisto. Uh, Throwing a little temper tantrum afterwards, Apollo Crews try, uh, making the save at the end. Um, 
were you surprised that if Dolph Ziggler is going this route of being a heel, one, he's coming out to the same music. Uh, he looks clean shaven, looks, looks like a, like a, like a good guy. Um, I can see where they're going, but did you, were you surprised that if they're going to try to make him a full fledged heel, why have him lose his first match as a quote unquote heel to Callisto on Tuesday? I was fine with that just because in that match against Callisto, I know he really kind of technically turned last week. But as you said, he came out looking the same way he always does. He did the ass shake and all that other shit he does in his stupid-ass entrance with the dumb-ass theme song, all that other baby-faced garbage. So he was still really the same competitor. He kind of changed his in-ring style a little bit. But the loss really kind of fueled the heel turn. That's really what this turn is all about. Not really turning on the fans, but the fact that he keeps on losing and losing and losing. So the frustration is building, and he was even more aggressive here than he was a week ago. He beat the crap out of Kalisto with a chair. He beat the crap out of Apollo Cruz. He probably came out of this looking like the worst of all of them just because he came out to aid Kalisto, and he ate a chair shot anyway, and he got barely a, he got hardly a reaction. Um, but anyway, no, I thought this was great. I thought him losing you know, furthered this story, but I think the key, a lot like with the Usos and with Neville recently, how he kind of changed his music, now he's coming out like a slowed-down version of his entrance thing, which I think is tremendous. Right. If they did the same thing with Dolph Ziggler, not with the slow down of the theme, because then that theme had has to die. That theme is so bad. I've been saying this for years, and he's had it for over five years now. Why it didn't die a death years ago? I have no idea. That song sucks. So they can't change it or alter it. They just need to get rid of it altogether and give him an all new theme song and a new look too, because he comes off like a wannabe Shawn Michaels. So maybe grow a beard out or go back to wearing trunks or something. I don't know, just to get away from the stench that is Dolph Ziggler, the failure. But hopefully they make that move either in the next couple of weeks or at the Rumble itself, which he did announce his participation in on Talking Smack later that night. We are going to have Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Steel Cage match for the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, next week on SmackDown. One, i got to ask you, um, what are your expectations for the steel cage match between Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss? And are you surprised that they're doing it on SmackDown and not at the Rumble where you're going to have Bailey and Charlotte in a one-on-one match at the Rumble? Yeah, I'm a little surprised, but maybe they don't want to have it overshadowed by the Rumble and AJ and Cena and Reigns and, and, uh, Reigns and Jericho. And maybe that's part of the reason why they're doing it too. I mean, I know with Reigns and Jericho, or Reigns and Owens, sorry, Reigns and Owens, and then Jericho's in the fucking cage. They have to help, They have to have the setup, like, for the cage above the ring, so maybe they can't do the steel cage around that. I'm not really sure. Um, but I'm actually kind of glad it is happening on SmackDown just because it can take center stage in the show. It's the most important thing on the episode. It can ha- it can main event the paper, or the ep- that episode of SmackDown on Tuesday, and it won't be like the opener to Royal Rumble where it won't be stuck in the middle of the show where no one might care. So I'm glad it's taking place on SmackDown next week. I'm looking forward to it. They've had some good matches so far, some better than others, but I'm sure this will be the best of the bunch. And it also makes sense, too, with the whole Luchadora thing, and they don't want to get her involved and all that other shit, so it's Steel Cage to blow the feet off, hopefully once and for all. And it's funny to me, because we have seen probably as much of Alexa and, and Becky as we had uh, of Sasha and Charlotte many months ago, probably just the same amount of matches. Yeah, I am way more invested in this feud because what a concept. The feud actually makes sense, and it's not the same shit every single time with Sasha winning on Raw and Charlotte winning on pay-per-view. By the end of that feud, once those six months were over, it felt like absolutely nothing was accomplished. 
Whereas with this feud, it feels like they keep on going back and forth. They trade victories. Alexis come out on top more often than not. She barely walks away with the win. And she's not always winning with interference because she won by herself at TLC a couple weeks ago. So they're telling a different story than Sasha and Charlotte that actually makes sense. The matches might not be as good, but at least it's not the same thing every single week. So it's a feud I care about. I think it's going to be great. They're going to be headlining the show, hopefully, inside of a steel cage. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, absolutely. We also had, uh, I guess, kind of you know something interesting where you kind of see um, the wide family uh, – all not on the same page. They had the rematch for the tag team championship last night against the American Alpha. American Alpha victorious. Um, you know, Luke Harper, Coss, and Randy Orton the, the match again. And now Bray Wyatt gets you know in between uh, Orton and Harper, and Harper goes to kick Orton, but he kicks Bray Wyatt by mistake. And then Bray just kind of confronts both Randy and, and, and Luke, leaves the ring while they're both um, in the ring. So I want to get your thoughts on, one, do you think that they're pulling this, you know, dissension angle a little bit too early? And and if not, where do you see Harper, Orton, Bray Wyatt going um, as it pertains to the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? I thought the match on Tuesday was good between both tag teams. Uh, it seems like this is headed exactly where I thought it would. I mean, I was hoping it would stick together for a bit longer, but if they want to speed up the process of teasing tension and getting to Bray and Orton at WrestleMania, that's fine. Uh, and the story's been good. They're all great together. People are invested in this story, whatever they're telling now, more than whatever they were doing a couple months ago with Orton versus Bray straight up, with Orton as the face and Wyatt as the heel. Um, I guess we'll see where this goes, but I really hope the end game is not Orton and Bray one-on-one again with Orton as the face, Wyatt as the heel at WrestleMania. I mean, if Orton comes out of this, you know, teasing tension between Harper and Wyatt and maybe Eric Rowan once he gets back, which may, which might be soon, I would imagine, the next couple months or so, then uh, then that would be interesting. But I just, I don't know. That first match between them just soured me on this entire thing just because that first match sucked at no mercy in the main event of that show. Um, but I feel like if they do switch it up a little bit, maybe they do a triple threat or they do Wyatt and Orton again in a stipulation match. Or they do a double turn with Wyatt as the face and Orton as the heel, but people are kind of cheering Orton right now over Wyatt, so I don't really know what you do. Um, but as you said earlier, it does seem kind of to be a lock at WrestleMania. What they do with the Rumble is a good question. I would imagine they would do the whole you know trio thing like the Shield did a couple of years ago, where Roman Reigns tossed out both Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose back in 2014. I would imagine we were we're going to see something similar between these three with, like, Luke Harper tossing out both Bray and uh, Orton, or something, you know, one of those three doing the, uh, you know, the same thing to the other two. So either way, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I just hope it doesn't end up right back to where we started a couple months ago. And in the main event of SmackDown, we had Super John Cena defeating Baron Corbin. Um, pretty good match. You know, um, what did you make of the match? And uh, did Baron Corbin have to lose to John Cena? It was a good match. Uh, it wasn't blow away. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't terrible. I thought it was a solid match. But uh, Corbin losing clean surprised me just because they've gone out of their way to protect this guy for so long. He wasn't pinned in that triple threat WWE title match. I don't think he's been beaten clean one-on-one uh, since he came to SmackDown, if I remember correctly. I can't remember anyone else beating him 
And if they have, it was by DQ or countout or whatever. Um, yeah, so I was a bit surprised by that. That just because just Cena putting him away with as much ease as he did, it wasn't like a 15 minute battle. It was like a 10 minute match. He hit him with the five knuckle shuffle, the attitude adjustment, and it was over. That was it. They just they just ended it right there. It was no like kick out or I don't know. It didn't really seem like Corbin put up much of a fight. So. Um, I was a bit disappointed about that, but I'm not going to say, oh, Cena's burying younger talent. This is the same guy who put over AJ Styles three times, and he put over Ambrose clean on an episode of SmackDown three months ago, which I think a lot of people forget about. So he's not burying anybody, but uh, I, I would have liked to have seen Corbin get protected and defeat via a countout or a DQ. You know, best-case scenario beats Cena, but obviously Cena's challenging for the title. He needs more wins right now, and he hasn't been in the ring in many months. So I, it was fine with the fact that he won, but... uh now, I wasn't a huge fan of the fact that Corbin was pinned, but it's not the end of the world, though. He can be rebuilt. He, he can be rebuilt back up to being a monster. All right, Graham, Twitter questions for you. Number one, is Taker Braun Strowman at WrestleMania a bad idea? It's a better idea this year than it was, than it was initially a year ago when it was first teased for WrestleMania 33, or 32, rather. This year, it's still a bad idea just because Taker and Cena almost needs to happen because I don't know what else you would do with John Cena or AJ or whatever. Um, just Braun's not ready for that. I think he will get a big match with either Taker, uh, Brock Lesnar, or Goldberg at SummerSlam. WrestleMania, he's not ready for it. So as of right now, yes, it is a bad idea. All right. Question number two. I'm looking for it. Um, from Frankie, trying to get the right um, Twitter handle. At Frankie J underscore Sucker, um, on a scale from one to ten, how bad will the booze be when Roman Reigns wins the Universal Title in San Antonio? Will him having the title be that bad? I think the better question is how much the internet will explode when both John Cena and Roman Reigns walk out of the Rumble with uh, both world championships, the oh, two wow. most despised baby faces in the entire company, winning world titles in the same show. I cannot wait to see the power outage that goes out in the night of the Rumble. That's going to be great. But uh, no, in all seriousness, I do think the booze will be pretty loud. Roman is no more over now than he was a year or two ago whenever he got shit on the Rumble two years ago. He was shit on the Rumble last year. He's going to be shit on the Rumble this year. Um, but yeah, no, people are going to boom out of the building, especially because they're in Texas, they're in the Alamo Dome, it's going to be a huge crowd, so yeah, he, he's definitely going to be shit on when he wins the belt. At Live for Greatness, outside of the part-timers and Braun Strowman, who else can win the Royal Rumble? Miz, obviously, as we said earlier, Miz, um, I could see a swerve, a long shot with Cena losing the title match and then coming back and winning the Rumble. Not what I would do, but it would set up his 16th title match, his 16th title win at WrestleMania. They still want to go in that direction, but not have him beat AJ for the belt yet. Um, Corbin's a long shot. Don't really see that happening. Uh, yeah, I think it really just comes back to Miz. I think Miz is the best candidate other than maybe like a Finn Balor or Jericho is not really a part-timer, but yeah, no, I don't think that's happening either with Owens losing the belt. Rollins, not really, so yeah, I think Miz is definitely, I think the best candidate that is not named uh, Undertaker or another part-timer, or Braun Strowman, as you said. And the last one would have went to Harvinny B, but you just answered that. How likely is it that the Miz can win the Rumble? He's a dark horse candidate that is seeming less and less dark horse to me. 
agree. I think we both said earlier that, uh, I mean, I think as the weeks go by and the fact that he dropped the IC title, it's got to be for a reason, uh, just because uh, he's had such great work on the SmackDown side of things over the past couple of months, over the past, you know, even year or so, that it would be a shame if he wasn't in a big match in Mania. Um, if he doesn't win the Rumble, I won't be surprised, because like I said, I have, take, I have Taker winning it. I do want Miz to win, but I think Taker's my pick as of right now, unless something happens in the next two weeks to change that, but... Uh, no, Miz is definitely in the running. I wouldn't. I would definitely call him a dark horse. I don't say it's un, as unlikely as like a Samoa Joe win, but uh, I would definitely say he's in the running. I think it's a lot more probable than some people think. All right, Grant. Real quick, rapid fire. Uh, we had Goldberg on Raw two weeks ago. We had Taker and Sean on Raw this week. Uh, matter of fact, real quick, did Taker need to be on Raw to make that announcement? Like, should 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 it have been on SmackDown? But do you feel like with Raw losing one time in the ratings to SmackDown, they, they feel like they got to oversaturate um, the legends coming back because Taker did not have to be on Raw, in my opinion. No, yeah, they should have put him on SmackDown. Like you said, the only reason they put him on Raw is because they freaked out. Ratings are in the shitter right now. SmackDown's doing just fine. Raw's ratings are sinking, so they wanted to put all the part-timers on Raw, like Goldberg, Brock, Sean, and Taker. So that did not surprise me at all. All right, like 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 I was gonna say, Goldberg last week on Raw, Taker and Sean this week, Brock Lesnar on this coming Monday on Raw. What do you think we get from Brock Lesnar, if at all, anything? I don't think we get anything. I think Heyman just comes out, cuts a promo. Lesnar's gonna win the Rumble. Maybe he just F five like Titus O'Neil or something. Other than that, I don't see him doing anything major. So nothing like where Stephanie McMahon tells Mick Foley, your evaluation uh, depends on producing Brock Lesnar to the ring. <laughs> I love that. I was stupid. They were all over the show on Monday, yet Daniel Bryan and Sheen were almost nowhere to be seen on Tuesday. That just really kind of says it all. Graham, it, 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 it's, it's really amazing how like Mick, Mick and Stephanie are in like, just about every segment, whether it's backstage, it's in the office, it's in the ring, and then like when Mick Foley is trying to to, to talk to the crowd about Taker coming there and all the wars they had, the lights go out, and then Stephanie McMahon's uh, music hits. I'm like, really, like, like you said, we don't see Daniel Bryan on SmackDown unless unless it, it's uh it's, it's talking smack. We don't we haven't seen Shane McMahon at all in in quite some time unless it's talking smack last night. So it, it really, I, I wouldn't say it bothers me, but it, it, it's really mind-boggling how Shane and Daniel can just be like on some chill mode. We don't need to be out there, but on Raw, I know it was three hours and you're trying to make it interesting, but does Mick Foley and, and Stephanie have to be on just about every segment for the entire show for performance uh, evaluation and, and, and downgrading Bailey and Sasha Banks in, in a promo backstage. Like, does that stuff really need to happen? No. I mean, it does bother me personally. I mean, I wrote a whole article the other day for Bleach Report, six ways that SmackDown can be better than Raw, or that Raw can be better than SmackDown, because we already know SmackDown's the better show. Exactly. One of those things is the over-reliance and the goddamn authority figures. Like I said, they're in almost every single segment. In every segment with them in it, it would be one thing that they were entertaining, Foley almost always botches his lines, and Stephanie never gets her comeuppance once. Completely berating the baby face in that one backstage segment with Sasha and Bailey, and they look like complete fools because they didn't stand up to her. No one stands up to Stephanie. No one ever stands up to Stephanie. It's a complete waste of time. And I know it's a three-hour show. They have to kill time, but 
is really doing a performance evaluation for Mick Foley all that intriguing? Like, no one gives a shit. Of course, people tuned out, like, 400 to 500,000 people turned out of Raw, tuned out of Raw on Monday after from the second hour to the third hour because no one cares. You throw that on top of the handicap matches and doing the same shit every week, and Titus O'Neil versus Kofi Kingston says it all right there as to why Raw is in such a terrible state right now. Or the fact that they knew they were going up against the national championship game. So, I mean, they do they do go up against that, Monday Night Football, uh, the whole debate stuff. So it's, it's like when they see these big events coming up, they kind of just relax and just be, and, 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 and act like, you know what, everybody in the world is going to be watching that. Let's just put on whatever matches. And even me, I put on Twitter that watching Raw Monday made, it, made me feel like I'm watching Nitro from, from 2000. Exactly. And I mean, Raw just does not take the time. And as you said, I mean, they have stuff going on all the time from the national championship game, which I know is a great guy. It was a great game. You have the debate. You have this stuff happening every Monday and Tuesday. Yet SmackDown's ratings haven't plummeted at all. They might go down sometimes, but not drastically as Raw's has. And the reason behind that is, to me, it feels like they book their shows two very different ways, which is mind boggling because both shows are produced by the same fucking company. It's not like it's Raw and the Nitro. It's Raw and SmackDown. They're produced by the same people. So I don't know how this happens, but with SmackDown, it feels like they book out their shows. Like, okay, one week we're going to have a main event of Baron Corbin and John Cena. The week after that, or the week before that, Miz and Ziggler, or, or Miz and Ambrose. And then the week, two weeks after that, we're going to have the women take center stage and do Alexa and Becky in a steel cage. Like, it's a different thing every week. It's not always Reigns versus Jericho, or Reigns and Owens, or Reigns versus Jericho and Owens and Rollins and all this other shit. It's like they actually take time to promote things a week in advance, whereas with you know SmackDown, they're doing it every week. They give you at least two to three matches every week to look forward to on each show. With Raw, they don't promote anything. And when they do promote something, they promoted that handicap match three days in advance that no one gave a shit about. So they, it just seems like they don't care. You watch the show and the effort they put into Raw, and it's not, a, it's, I mean, largely because it's a three-hour show, but We've had a lot of good three-hour Raws before. It's just because the lack of creative effort is just so painfully apparent on SmackDown. It seems like they just give a shit. So I don't know. It just I, I can't. I couldn't tell you. There's so many things they could be doing better, but it's just ridiculous. They do not take the time to advertise things a week out to give people a reason to tune in. I haven't watched Raw live in weeks because I don't care anymore, and I just have other things going on, and I don't. I don't really feel like I'm missing much when I watch it back. My thing is this: How can how can Raw? Last week, say next week, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker are on Raw next week. And then when it's Monday, you say, well, is he really going to show up? Like, you just you just promoted that last week. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you promote that last week, and then everybody's watching and everything, and then boom. Now it's like, well, uh, your evaluation depends if he shows up. And then if you look at it, they put Taker on during halftime of that championship game because they felt like a lot of people were, okay, it's halftime, what's on TV? Oh, shit, Taker's on, on Raw. Let me let me watch that. Yeah, no, that's what they should be doing, like putting these big names or doing big matches during halftime. The reason why they had, or at least teased, doing Jericho and Owens versus Reigns at the start of the show is exactly that, to hook people from the start to making them feel like, oh, shit, we're getting a big match to, you know, to start the show. Oh, wait, it's just Rollins and Strowman. But, I mean, that, that's why they do that kind of stuff during halftime. I, I remember they did, like, a main event segment between John Cena and Brock Lesnar 
at like the 10 o'clock hour, like 9.30 or something, because it was halftime for some big game. And in the main event, they did Mark Henry and Rusev, because no one was watching by that point, so they didn't care. But that's what, that's where they do stuff like that. It just, I don't know, it, it's silly. It seems like they only really care about, you know, promoting big names like Taker and Shawn Michaels in advance. And even when they do show up, Taker's promo could have very easily happened on SmackDown. And Michaels was not even really needed, um, other than just to promote his movie, which didn't really accomplish much other than that. And as you said, just simple stuff like that, just insulting our intelligence. Like, okay, Taker will be on Raw tonight. Show starts. Where's Undertaker? He might not be on tonight. It's like, are you serious? Do you really want people to watch your show? Then you got to, I don't know, you got to dedicate yourself and really devote yourself to, you know, delivering what you promote. It just makes, again, makes very little sense to me. All right, real quick. WrestleMania 34 back in New Orleans uh, next year. We knew WrestleMania 30 was in New Orleans uh, three years ago. Um, are you going? Uh, d- did you go last time, or do you really care that it is back in New Orleans? I mean, it's cool. I wish we would get more variety. I know New Orleans is a uh, yeah. huge like tourist attraction, all that other stuff. I know RJ went there. He loved it. That was his first and only Mania today. I didn't know he's going to WrestleMania this year. I would love to go this year to Orlando. That's a lot closer. I mean, I guess New Orleans is a bit closer, but still, I love that area. I've been to Orlando before, so I want to go this year to Florida. New Orleans, I might be there next year. We'll see. It's on our neck of the woods on kind of the East Coast, so I might go there next year. But, I mean, it's cool, um, but I wish they would add in more variety and going to more states they haven't gone to in forever. Like, I would love to see uh, a WrestleMania back in Canada for the first time since 2002. Like, it's been over 15 years, and they can't go back to Canada, but they're going to go back to New Orleans for the first time in four years. So, I mean, it's a cool attraction. It's a great city from what I've, been, you know, from what I've heard from RJ as well. He, he went there a couple of years ago, but I really wish they would switch it up a bit in terms of where they go at their WrestleManias. John Cena must have this uh, man crush on Kenny Omega on, on Instagram. I don't know if you're watching it or seeing it, but mm-hmm. every every day is just a, a mega man, Kenny Omega's face. We have no idea what that means, but the last time he did that, well, he promoted AJ Styles' face last year, and AJ appeared in the company. What do you think uh, is the motivation behind John Cena promoting Kenny Omega out there? I mean, it's really just getting behind things that people talk about. Like with AJ last year, his name was all over the news and possibly coming over to WWE. And now with Omega, Omega's name is in the news because he just had that six-star match with uh, Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 11. Um, so I know, I know Omega has been teasing the fact that he's done with Japan and he's currently reconsidering his options. I don't think that means he's coming to WWE, at least not right now, maybe a couple years down the line, if not next year, but... Um, I think he's staying in Japan. I think Cena just wants to kind of, you know, get people talking as John Cena does. He's, he tries to be as controversial as he can, but he's not really all that successful. But, uh, yeah, no, that didn't really surprise me. I don't think there's really much to that other than him trying to create some buzz. I don't think Kenny Omega is coming to WWE anytime soon. He might. I'm not saying he won't. Um, but I think he is staying in Japan and winning that uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Championship at some point very in the very near future, probably by the end of the summer. Last one I got for you, Graham. Uh, you know, first of all, you can find Graham on Twitter. He's at a Wrestle Rant. He's the host of Wrestle Rant Radio. Does great work for Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Randy Cruz at Randy J Cruz, R A N D Y, the letter J C R U Z. And you can download, subscribe, rate, review the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud.com. If I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. If if I'm working for the company and what I have, quote unquote, penciled in as WrestleMania matches, I want you to tell me how far off I am or how close I am to 
what could actually happen at WrestleMania. Plus, next week we'll get into more Royal Royal Rumble stuff and you know stuff like that. So, um, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Triple H, Kevin Owens, Jericho, Reigns, Balor for the for for the Universal Title, Taker, John Cena, AJ, Miz for the WWE Title, Andre the, uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Obviously, a women's SmackDown title match, a Raw women's SmackDown title match, maybe a Raw and SmackDown tag team titles match. How far off or how close am I of a, a quote-unquote penciled-in WrestleMania card, Graham? I would say you're pretty close. I think all the big matches like Brock and Goldberg, Triple H and Rollins, Cena and Taker, Orton and Wyatt are all pretty much set in stone. It's really just... Uh, Weirdly enough, it's the title matches that could go either way. Like, the Universal title match and the WWE title match are really kind of up in the air. So, like, AJ and Miz might not be a lock right now, or Reigns and Balor, depending on how, you know, if Balor can go anytime soon, if before Mania, who knows. But uh, those are really the only matches I would say might not happen. But other than that, I think you're pretty much on point with everything else. And maybe another multi-man ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> oh, great. Honestly, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me just because if they do do like Miz and Shane or something, which isn't the worst possible idea, or Miz and Brian or whatever, which they need to do, uh, or Miz and AJ, as you said, then what is Ambrose going to do? You know, I, there's you know, Ambrose and Corbin, like, I guess. I don't know, but uh, I, I would take Ambrose and Corbin on the kickoff show over a fucking ladder match again for the third straight year. It's like the matches are great, but no one gives a shit. It just demonstrates lazy booking, and I know SmackDown wouldn't do that, so maybe for the U.S. title, definitely not for uh, for the IC title on SmackDown. We can only help. Oh, yeah, and then you can't forget a three-hour kickoff show. Of course. It's got to be a seven-hour show. we got to do 20 <laughs> matches like a SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, honestly, last one, If to me, if they were, they should not have done this in the first place, but bringing back the Money in the Bank ladder match as a match at WrestleMania, not his own fucking pay-per-view, um, would be something I would love to see. I don't think they'll go that um, go that route, but for me, having a Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania and then the winner cashing in on the same night, we've seen Rollins cash in at WrestleMania before, but we've never seen somebody win the money in the bank at WrestleMania and then cash in on the same night. That that That's just me and my fantasy booking, something that would be very interesting and cool to see because we have not seen that. But do they implement that match? I, I highly doubt it. But I think with four hours and a very healthy roster, I think that's going to be the issue too where everybody's there. Last year, a lot of a lot, a lot of players were, were, were hurt. And now everybody's healthy. And it's like, man, how are we going to fit everybody – with the time and the battle royals and the kickoff shows, and are we going to get everybody uh, on the show? And, and and to me, that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. But it's just trying to pinpoint who can fill out the holes of, of, of the best matches that you can uh, produce at a WrestleMania. Last year, they had a lot of a lot of guys hurt, and now everybody's from the Cena's to the Orton's to the Rollins to the Nikki Bellas, um, Cesaro. Uh, those people were not there last year. Now they're all going to be here this year. Uh, just interesting to see uh, what route they go with, with everybody being healthy. Yeah, I think the potential's there. I almost want to say they had an excuse. They didn't really. They had no excuse for that show to suck as much as it did. But 
as you said, at least this year they have everyone to be healthy. WrestleMania 32 was not what a lot of people hoped it would be. But uh, 33, with his pretty much everyone being here, with the exception of Balor, who could very well be back by that point, as we talked about earlier, from, as you said, Orton, Cesaro, John Cena, Seth Rollins, four big stars right there who were not a part of WrestleMania last year. Uh, then you throw in AJ. You throw in all the call-ups that we've had in the past year. You throw in a potential call-up like a Samoa Joe or a Nakamura or an even Goldberg we had this year who we didn't have last year. You could throw in a Kurt Angle. Like we have, the star power is crazy. Like when you really think about it between Raw, SmackDown, and even NXT, we have a lot of great wrestlers on a roster right now and even the part-timers as well. So, and a lot of these guys are pretty much healthy. So, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. WrestleMania 33, fingers crossed, will be lit this year. So I'm looking forward to it, as long as it fulfills its full potential. Graham Matthews, every week, we greatly appreciate it. I know we'll do this shit all over again next week, man. <laughs> of course, Randy. As always, thanks for having me on. I'll catch you down the road, brother. All right, man. Take it easy. Adios. All right.